630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. David Center's one-timer score. Oscar Clefbaum in Edmonton strikes again in overtime. This time, it's Clefbaum. He'll swing it out to the outside, and it is to the end zone. Touchdown, Eskimos. Darrell Walker with the touchdown, and the Eskimos take the lead with less than a minute to go. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. Hey, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Inside Sports on Oilers and Eskimos Radio 6.30 Chad. We have an Eskimos game coming up on Friday night, 6 o'clock for the countdown to kickoff. The game will begin at 8 as the Eskimos tangle with Ed Hervey, Odell Willis, and the BC Lions. And you will hear from Odell Willis, who was highly popular during his tenure as an Eskimo. And you'll also hear from Alex Bazzi, very interesting guy on the Eskimos defensive line, a former Lion, got a look in the NFL last year, a pretty good player who hopefully will help the Eskimos defense. Man, they are looking to bounce back. That was a stinker on uh, Friday night against the Hamilton Tiger Cats. We'll see how they will do against BC. They're coming in 1-0. and They had a bye last week. I'm thinking once again here... And I, I know I'm gonna. I, I'll probably be able to hear your your eyes rolling, um, but I, I, the discussion is continuing about a uh, about the name of the team, about using the word Eskimos as the name of the team. I know Len Rhodes, the president of the club, uh, visiting Yellowknife today, Inuvik tomorrow, uh, consulting with with uh, people there about the name Edmonton Eskimos and uh, obviously you you know the story it's considered in some communities to be uh, derogatory there are some people who believe it is time to change it and there are other people who believe that uh, there's no uh, negative imagery associated with the team it's simply a word it doesn't have to mean anything or uh, demean anybody and that you know the team name should should continue it's an interesting debate for me I, I was talking about with a couple of teammates today not being of uh, Inuit descent, perhaps my uh, opinion as a middle-aged white man. That's the thing. Once you once you reach once you're a middle-aged white man, you become the most you're part of the most irrelevant group of people on the planet. But anyway, uh, but but the, the joking aside, um, it's I, I know there are people in that community, leaders in that community, who have said they would like the name changed. Uh, others, others who have said they are comfortable with it, or, or you know, it draws a little recognition to that culture and that group of people. It, it seems to me here, and this is totally be speculating. I don't have any inside knowledge on anything. It seems to me we're down an uh, an inevitable path that eventually the name will be changed because the as as we move. Further along, I, I think the number of people who don't like it or find it derogatory or who maybe learn more about it and say, yeah, I don't know about that. And, and people who say, look, if you if you had an expansion team that joined the Canadian Football League, you probably, I not say probably, that you wouldn't name them the Eskimos. But you just wouldn't name them that in, in, in this day and age. So that's just me speculating. 
Um, again, personally, I don't take any offense to the name. There's there's no uh, there's no racist imagery with it. I don't think there's any. I mean, it's just letters. The logo is two letters. They they do have a polar bear as a mascot, which we're pretty far north here. We don't quite have polar bears roaming the streets, uh, but that's more of a northern symbol. And if they change it eventually to Edmonton Empire or Elks or whatever it might be, it would be an E name. Uh, you could stick with the polar bear as a mascot. It, it just seems to me that we're on an inevitable path towards one day, and I don't know when. I'm not even going to speculate a time frame towards one day that they won't be called the Edmonton Eskimos. I, I'm starting to accept that as, as just a reality. And hopefully, if you're an Edmonton football pa- fan and you love cheering for the Edmonton team, you still go out to support them and accept, well, things change. And, and again, this is me speculating. I don't have any inside information. I know Len, and Len Rhodes continues to meet with people. And again, the fact that he continues to do it and hasn't just sort of shut it down and said, look, you can complain, but it's going to fall on deaf ears, that he continues to listen leads me to think that th- this is indeed an inevitability. My old buddy Elvis is on the line. Go ahead, Elvis. Reed, you know what? I, 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 love, I love the show and I love listening, and this is very interesting to me. I'm Métis, which means I'm, I'm half Native, half French, or whatever the percentage is. Uh, I don't find it offensive at all. At all. Don't. I think that the... Edmonton Eskimos organization is a professional. Uh, it's, it stands for something. You could talk to any kid that would played football. They'd love to play for that team. I think I think is ridiculous. Uh, it's like it's like the Washington Redskins. If, if if you want to take that real personal, I could take that real personal too. That doesn't bother me. I think it's a professional organization. The Eskimos are, and I think that that, that people need to get over it. I don't think it's big. You're going to change the Eskimo pies, the ice cream from calling it because it's cold and it's, you know, like, I don't know where it stops, but I really believe they should leave it alone. Let me ask you this, Elvis, just, just as a counterpoint. Sure. Is the debate ever going to go away, though, until they change it? And I'm not Probably saying not. that's a reason to change it, but will it ever go away? Pro- probably not. You'll have, pe- you'll have people that will... We'll probably always complain about it. I, I get exactly what you're saying, but coming pr- from a perspective where um, uh, the, the Inuit people are, are are First Nations people of Canada, also, uh, if, if, if I may say that, and just coming from an angle where where I've heard all this stuff before and different things, it, it's like I don't know, maybe maybe I've grown immune to it or whatever. I don't think it's insulting at all. Like I said, it's been such a class organization from the war, war get-go uh but I, I agree with you like maybe they'll just say forget it we don't need the hassle and change it and then be done with it i don't know elvis i always appreciate your perspective buddy talk to you soon okay you bet your read bye for now 780-496-0063 you can text 63630 by the way blue jays just underway in uh houston no score in the top of the first darcy's on line two hey darcy hey reed um, so I just wanted to chime in on this name change. Uh, you know what? I, I've been a diehard Eskimos fan since. Um, I love the team, but if the, if the name is offensive to even one person, then that's why too many people. As far as I'm concerned, change the name to the Edmonton Eskimos. I can't see why Eskimos wouldn't be accepted within the Inuit communities up north, and you know it's kind of a 
meet halfway type deal for for fan base that wants to try and keep the historical some sort of some sort of tie into the history of the name. So, thanks, Darcy. I appreciate it, buddy. Yeah, thanks, man. That's Darcy, 780-496-0063. I appreciate all your texts. I'm not going to go. I don't want to spend too much time on this. Maybe Len Rhodes will uh, will uh, will do an interview when he gets uh, back in town. But uh, it, 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 is, it is interesting to me. It certainly would be different if the team wasn't called that. Um, I, I, again, I, it, it's almost... I guess I say, do I, do I have any right to say I'm not offended by it, so therefore they shouldn't change the name when I'm not a member of the group of people it's referring to? I, I guess that's how I think about it. And, and again, just from a purely an, an observational perspective, I guess I'll say, in terms of look at what's going on, look at how this has kind of gained momentum and more and more people seem to be bringing it up year after year. It, it seems inevitable that someday our CFL team won't be the Eskimos. It, it'll be something else. Hey, and maybe maybe I'll be wrong, maybe, or maybe it'll take much longer than I'm thinking it'll take, but that's uh, that's all I'm saying. Jordan is on the line. Hey, Jordan. Hey, Reed. So uh, the thought occurred to me, I know, like, the Redskins seems like just the really obvious racist one to change. Well, the uh, logo, right? The, gonna change that. The, yeah. The, yeah. And then... And then, so I saw a graphic design artist did this post. I'm not sure where it was posted, some sports blog. And they took the example of the Blackhawks and, you know, the image of, uh, of, of the Native man. You know, that's not even on the table. I don't know if there were any people complaining about Blackhawks. This artist came up with a redesign of the logo that literally turned it into a Blackhawk, like a really vicious, attacking bird of prey, same colors, everything. And to me, that would actually be, like, a better logo and better branding. So maybe there's a solution you know, uh, here or in other teams where you can kind of, you know, lose the imagery or lose the name but keep a lot of the other uh, pieces that, and actually make it better and, and kind of avoid the cultural, um, you know, appropriation entirely. Jordan, I, 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 I imagine what it would be like covering uh, a hypothetical news conference where the Eskimos changed to something else and they'd probably stick with an E-word and, and there wouldn't be a new logo, there wouldn't be new colors, there wouldn't be a new helmet. <laughs> right, they they could leave everything the same. They they would just probably change what the second E stood for, pure, purely hypothetically. You probably know about Blackhawks, right? That it refers to the symbol of a uh, was it in World War One, a military unit, and that's why that was the symbol for the unit after Chief Chief Blackhawk and all that kind of stuff. So you probably know that history, right? Yeah, but it just occurred to me that uh, yeah, I mean, there's you know, the point isn't, is it, is it overtly racist? The point is, is, is it cultural appropriation or not? And, and, it, and like your last caller said there, if, if it's even remotely offensive, I think we're, I'd like to think we're all evolving to the point where we can kind of um, see beyond those things and, 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 and improve it for future generations. Yeah. Jordan, thanks for your thoughts, man. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Dan is up next. I want to take a quick timeout. We will get to uh, some interviews I did today with Oilers prospects Kyler Yamamoto and Tyler Benson. Inside Sports on Chet. Hi, this is Ryan Nugent Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio six thirty. Chet. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. 
This texture says, I've been an Eskimo season ticket holder since 1973. The day they changed the name is the day I no longer renew my tickets, period. Now, see, I, I, don't, I don't get that. To, to that texture, and you didn't sign your name, I, I, I don't get that. Do you like football? Do you like the team? Are, are you simply attached to the name of the team, or are you attached to going to Commonwealth Stadium and cheering for Mike Riley or Darrell Walker or J.C. Sherritt or Terry Vaughn or Danny Kepley or any of the players you've seen? Like, I, I, I understand the tradition and that we're used to calling the team that and that I understand a lot of people would not like the team name to be changed if it hypothetically happens. And look, I started this by just saying this is me hypothetically reading the tea leaves of where it appears to me to be headed. But if, if you like football and you want to cheer for the Edmonton team in the CFL... Why the heck does it matter what, what it's called? Like, why would you give up your, your tickets? That, I guess that's my question. I, 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 don't, understand the, I don't understand that logic. Like, maybe you could say you would miss the name or, or you, you like the name or that's the team you've been following for 45 years. But if you, like, if you like Canadian football and you like the Edmonton team in that league, why would you sacrifice that enjoyment Dan is on the line. Hi, Dan. Hey, how you doing, man? I'm doing excellent. <clears throat> um, I'm uh, I'm uh, born and bred Albertan and Edmonton, and uh, I'm just studying the globe here. I was a pilot at one point, or just getting my pilot's license. We uh, Edmonton Eskimos are on 53.5544 north latitude, compared to Winnipeg at 49.8951, which is the next in line. There's nobody else on the globe that's. Uh, going to be closer to the pole until we build cities bigger, like maybe Fort McMurray or whatever, to actually have a, another ranking football league. So Emmett and Eskimo's name stands close. And I know I travel to the States and to Mexico, and uh, we're known for snow. We're known for being north. We're known for being close to the, closest to the Arctic. Uh, Mexi- the Mexican people even recognize it. I think it's a great name. Thanks, Dan. Appreciate you listening. Take care. Bye-bye. Chris on line one. Hi, Chris. What's going on? Hey, how's it going, Reed? Doing well. Hey, you know, I just uh, disagree with uh, one of your callers that called in earlier and said that if even one person uh, didn't like the name anymore, that we should go ahead and change it. I mean, it'd be like saying, you know, if one person didn't like the name of the Montreal Canadiens because they're not a French Canadian, you know, that we should change the name of, uh, of the hockey team or something like that. I think it's a great name. Not the biggest football fan, but uh, I, don't, I just don't agree with the comments. Chris, thanks for your thoughts. You're welcome. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Brian is on line three. Brian, nice to hear from you. Hey Dan, yeah, we're being way too politically correct yeah. nowadays, and I agreed with the last caller. And has anybody actually took a survey and asked, you know, Indigenous Northern people what they thought, and and actually took a survey? Because you're going to get some that would love it, and some that are going to disagree. But I think this is going way too far. Thank you. Brian, hang on. Well, he's gone. Dan was the last host five years ago. <laughs> That's what I took out of that phone call. Uh, 780-496-0063. Uh, Mitchell says, the thing I don't understand is why everybody is so offended by this. Well, Mitchell, let's be clear here. Every 
my read of the situation is that there are some people and some people who are Inuit and live in the north. I, I don't. I, I have seen some outrage about this. I don't know if there's outrage, but I do think there's a group of people who are saying, you know what, we'd prefer if this word wasn't used anymore. Regardless of how you're using it and how long you've used it, we'd prefer that it's not used anymore. I, I, I don't know if that there's... A, I, I don't think that's fair. And I know you're just texting in and, and being conversational, but I, I don't think everybody is so offended about this. Uh, but Mitchell goes on to say, it's not like we're directing the name at them. It's just the football team. Uh, it seems like everybody's out to change the world in their own image and can't leave well enough alone. I myself do not get offended easily, uh, but this offends me and I'm not even a football fan, but I will support our city's team. Jim on line one. Hello, Jim. Hello. Go ahead, sir. Uh, I'm quarter blood Eskimo. Okay. Okay. And I use that term Eskimo. My brother got married in Burns Lake, B.C. He had a wedding theme of the Edmonton Eskimos. And all the native folk there took pride in it. So, Jim, let, let, let me ask you this. I'm assuming you know people from that community. And I'm sure you recognize, regardless of how you feel, there are some people who don't feel good about the name. What is their argument? I have, uh, honest read, I've never met anyone that, uh, of my culture that complained about it or took offense to it. Really? So, okay. Yeah, so I think, you know what, let's see what they do in the community as well. And, you know, take pride in that, because they are a great team. And there's no reason to be offended with it because they they simply are a great team and they support this community. And Inuit means person. So these guys, they represent the community as people and they're just everyday folk. And I don't see any racism in the Edmonton organization, nor do I see it in anywhere else in, in sports, quite frankly. So, Jim, let me ask you this. Len Rhodes is, is uh, where was he today? He's going to Inuvik tomorrow. Was he Yellowknife today? Yellowknife. If, okay. if he comes back and says, look, I'm really concerned about what people are telling me, do you accept that if he talks to his significant people up there? Uh, no, because it's not just the Northwest Territories. I'm from back east okay. in Labrador, so there's a lot of Inuit people there, too. So it's not just the Northwest Territory. You look at Nunavut and uh, Northern Quebec and Labrador, and you can even go to Alaska if you like. And, I mean, there's a great deal of pride uh, being Inuit because that's just who we are. We're not, uh, shouldn't be offended. I think it's just uh, some politicking going on behind the scenes to change the culture of the people of, of the North. <clears throat> Jim, thanks for your thoughts. I appreciate it, okay? Thanks, Reed. Enjoy the show. Thank you. Appreciate that. And Tracy's online, too. Hi, Tracy. Hey, how you doing, Ray? Doing quite well. Thanks for taking my call. Um, I actually worked in the high Arctic in the mid-'80s, and uh, Anuvik, Tuktiaktak, Aklavik. And um, I used to wear my Eskimo gear up there on purpose, and I made a point of asking a lot of people up there what they thought of the Eskimo name. Not one in two years were offended by it. 
Tracy, the only, and, and I said, I, you know, I don't have a lot of personal experience with this. That's not entirely true. I have an in-law uh, from the North who does take offense to the name. I have never had an in-depth conversation with him about it, though. I probably should. Well, like I say, I've been back a few more times, and I purposely bring it up with these, you know, the people, the locals, and they all love the name. They all love the Eskimo name. But that's just my two bits. No, I appreciate it. Pardon me? Great show, by the way. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. All right, we're going to squeeze in another call here before uh, the news break. Larry, thank you for calling. Yeah, you know, everybody's complaining about the name. Why don't they just call them the Green and Gold? Well, somebody suggested green golds, like we already have red blacks. Yeah, so just call them the green and gold. And it, it's still the Eskimos, uh, and anybody that knows will, will relate it to it. Eventually, the generations will pass, and it'll be green and gold. Well, I, I think you make an interesting point, Larry, that if, if they do change the name, uh, eventually there will be very few or no people who even remember them being called the Eskimos. It might take a while, but that's uh, sometimes yeah, it, how change works. There is changes, and but I think the green and gold will fit right in with uh, with uh, Ottawa. Larry, you sound like you're a more uh, seasoned member of the community. Would that be accurate? You're right. I, you know, I've been watching the Eskimos since '49 when Stukas was there. Oh wow! And uh, well, we only lived a block away from the stadium. And I just keep thinking, uh, you don't want to get into an argument with this name thing, because all it is is political. So just call them the Green and Gold, the Double G, and they, they can flip right in there with the Green Bay Packers. Larry, thanks for calling. Right on. Larry, at 780-496-0063. Uh, sorry I didn't get to read a lot of text there a lot, but we had calls as well. I appreciate all the thoughts. I, I, I find it really interesting. We'll see where it's headed. We'll try to get uh, Len Rhodes on the station as soon as we can. We're back after the news. We'll talk to a member of the Eskimos, Alex Bazzi, in the next half hour. This is Cam Talbot from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chad. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Really appreciate the phone calls on the text about uh, the Eskimos name debate, kerfuffle, whatever you want to call it. Uh, most of you very, uh, very mature about it. Lots of texts coming in tonight. Really appreciate them. 6.30, 6.30 is the text line. Blue Jays in Houston, scoreless, bottom of the second inning. Uh, road trip tomorrow. Well, sort of. I'm staying in Edmonton. <laughs> We're doing the game. We're doing the show from Remax Field. For the Edmonton Prospects game. Kellen, you have to stay here. I have to stay here? Yes. Okay. Well, you can go home in between your shifts, but yeah. you, you come work here. Gotcha. I'll go uh, to Remax Field. That's going to be cool. Okay. You know where you are going tomorrow. So. I'm going to Remax Field. Remax Field. Yes. And then Thursday, I'm going mm-hmm. to the downtown community rink to broadcast live while the Billy Moore's Cup is going on to gotcha. close out the Oilers development camp. Speaking of development camp, last year's first round pick, Kyler Yamamoto, promising prospect. I sat down with him. Kyler, just obviously uh, gathering with some other guys that played in the uh, the Halinka tournament, as it was known at the time. Uh, what do you remember about your experience there? Um, you know, just the good friendships I made, um, you know, the amazing players I played against, um, you know, play, being able to play against the best players um, overseas, you only really get to see them once a year, um, you know, growing up and just being able to play against them. It was a really big honor for me and, um, you know, really showed, um, you know, how I need to elevate my game and what it, what it takes, um, you know, to be a top player in the world. 
cool hockey experience. Must have been a cool life experience too. I don't know if you'd ever been to Europe before, but the the travel and seeing a little bit of a different lifestyle must have been something too. Yeah, it was. Um, you know, being able to travel um, with your teammates, it's uh, it's something else. Um, but it's it's awesome. You know, being able to travel the world um, with 20 good friends of yours, um, it was it was amazing and um, you know something I'll cherish for the rest of my life. You're back at development camp with the Oilers here. How does it feel differently from last year? Um, it feels awesome. Um, you know, I feel like um, you know, I feel like I'm a one-year vet now. Um, but you know, it also feels like um, you know it's my first development camp. You know, I want to do good. Um, you know, I want to put my best foot forward and um, you know make sure that the scouts know that I'm um, you know I'm here to make the team and not just um, come close again like last year. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you. That was my next question because obviously you got the the nine-game look last year. I think you had a couple goal posts that just kept you away from your your first NHL goal. So uh, I mean, just t- talk talk me talk me about what how that experience helped you and, and how you're hoping to make it 82 games not nine this year uh, it helped me out tremendously um, you know just being able to stick around the guys you know see how they act and um, you know what they do off the ice what they do on the ice um, you know to elevate their game to make them stay in the, the league you know it really um, you know opened my eyes and shows me what I need to do um, you know to get there and um, be able to stick next year any advice for Evan Bouchard, this year's first-round draft pick, who some people might be able to do what you did and, and get a long look? Um, you know, don't think too much. Um, you know, go out there, play, play your game. You know, they drafted him for a reason, and, um, you know, he's a tremendous player, and, you know, I think if he plays his game, puts his best foot forward every time he steps on the ice, um, you know, he's going to do good things. Kyler Yamamoto, he's a confident young man, and that's a good thing. I'm not, I'm not saying that as a, as a put-down. I think he's, uh, you know, confident, not cocky. And uh, he's he's going to push. I mean, he's a very driven guy. He, just talking to him today in person, he seemed even you know more mature. I mean, yeah, you grow up a lot in your late teens and early twenties, and he seems to have uh, uh, taken some steps there. It was good to catch up with him, and he is driven to be on the Oilers' opening day roster. They are going to need some inexpensive players. I mean, we still have contracts coming for Strom and Nurse that'll probably take the Oilers down to about four or five million on the salary cap. I know Stoffer tweeted out today, "Could you get Jason Chimera cheap?" Some people have thrown out Scott Hartnell as a possibility. I, I, some people were really mad last night that I suggested looking at Brandon Davidson, but there's somebody you could probably get for around a million as a, as a six seven D man who's been here. And uh, you know how he's going to play, and you know he likes the community. So those are all some options. But the the Oilers are going to, or or they'll need someone young like Yamamoto on his entry level contract. Doesn't eat eat up a lot of cap space to to come in and play as well. He's going to push, and who knows if Evan Bouchard pushes pushes on the back end as well. Uh, we're going to bring in Alex Bazzi from the Edmonton Eskimos defensive line after the break. Jeremy from Glendon tweeting from his palatial apartment inside the Glendon pierogi. He's says, hey, Reed, defense extremely concerning for the Eskimos. Hoover and Hunter will completely exposed in the secondary. I've never seen a team complete a pass to the flats and take it for a 40-yard gain like last game. Not only was the secondary a problem, but C.J. Gable couldn't get established after getting scored on two drives in a row. I've said it for years, but Benavides needs to teach these guys to challenge the ball instead of letting the defense catch the ball and playing a contained defense. Missing Odellis, well, Dill Willis, too. The defense looked sweet swaggerless like a dog with its tail between its legs. Odell's coming up between 7 and 7.30. Jeremy, I hope you can listen. I would think one of Hoover or Hunter will be replaced in the secondary by Maurice McKnight on Friday. Look for that lineup change. We'll get to Alex Bazzi when we get back. 
You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chad. Pleased to welcome to Inside Sports for the first time one of the new Eskimos signed as a free agent in the offseason, defensive lineman Alex Bazzi. Alex, how are you doing? I'm doing well, man. Thank you for having me. Yeah, good to check in with you. How's uh, how's life as an Edmontonian so far? Obviously, you joined the Eskimos uh, a little while ago. Uh, how are you fitting into the community? I'm fitting in real well. The community is actually uh, allowing me to just ease into everything and, and just get acclimated, man. I've been I've been taking these scores, especially the facility we have here at Commonwealth. I've been taking advantage of that. You know, the whole pool, gym, and things like that. It's been real well, man. People are real nice. I walk around, walk downtown. You know, I've just been enjoying myself, been enjoying the great weather that we've been having, you know, as of lately. So everything's been going real well. I've just been enjoying it. Well, right on. Sounds like you got a great attitude and uh, you're staying upbeat after obviously a tough game on Friday night against the uh, Hamilton Tiger Cats. I know that one didn't uh, didn't go the ways you guys wanted. Uh, I know you're looking ahead to this Friday, but just give me a quick look back to uh, the game against the the Tiger Cats. What happened in that one, Alex? Oh, man, you know, we got, got knocked off our feet a little bit in the beginning, you know, kind of caught off our guard, caught us off guard with what they were doing, you know, back-to-back drives where they put up points and, you know, they came out on fire and we were we, we were not expecting that, you know, so it started off rough, ended rough, and we were a little past that now. We, we, we went back, we watched film, learned a lot from the mistakes, and, you know, you got to tip your hats off to Hamilton, especially Masoli. Being a leader of that team now, they're they're definitely rallying around him, and you can clearly see that they trust and believe in him, and he's showing it. So, you know, with a quarterback that got so much pressure on him, he's actually handling it real well, and um, you know they're playing some good ball. Well, and Mazzoli was the guy who came in, obviously, with a lot of pressure surrounding him because they, they signed Johnny Manziel in the off season. Well, what, what did you make of, of that, Alex? Of, of Manziel coming to the CFL? When I heard Menzel coming, you know, it was a, it was exciting news to, to know that we have, uh, you know, another great athlete that's going to be a part of our league and, and to hopefully show his skills off. But um, as far as it went for me, it was just another day for business, man, hoping that I can get a sack on him if he does play. And if he doesn't play, I can get a sack on his teammates. That's all that was on my mind. Right, good stuff. Tell me a little bit about the decision to, to join the, the, the Edmonton Eskimos. Obviously, as a free agent in February, you would have had a chance to look around and, and listen to offers. What made the Eskimos stand out for you? Why were they your choice? The Eskimos were my favorite choice simply because of their playing style, the way that they're, that they're, they're coached to play, the culture you know, in this organization as far as defense goes. Even offensively, the mindset that they have is such a, uh, a hard-nosed community, hard-nosed team. And I wanted to be a part of something like that, a team that goes out there every day and, and play for their city you know, and, and play, for, play for something that they're very proud about. So it was just the, the fact that the amount of tradition that this team and organization had and, and the amount of pride that went into it, I definitely wanted to be a part of something like that. And also just the, the fit of the defense and the fit of the team, talking to some guys, you know, before signing, it just, it just seemed like the perfect fit. And everything was so natural, I did not want to go against that. So I signed with the team, and just as I expected, the coaches and I, you know, on on the same page. The players and I on the same page. Everybody in the building. I could easily, I could easily uh, talk to them. I could easily go around them and try to get coached. You know, I, I understand what they want, what they're preaching, what what they expect out of me. 
it's just knowing knowing where I stand in the organization, knowing where I stand as far as football goes. That's what made it so easy for me to join the Eskimos. Yeah, well said. You know, Alex, you were a CFL West All-Star in uh, in 2016. In 2017, you, you had a, a couple of looks in the NFL, and I think you were with Arizona right up until uh, until the season started. What can you tell me about that experience? I mean, that's, you know, 32 teams. It, it's pretty competitive. You'd had you some standout seasons with the, the BC Lions. What can you tell fans about that experience of, of uh, trying to, show yourself and and is that tough being a guy who played in the CFL do they they look at you a little differently than maybe some of their own draft picks uh, they're bringing in out of the NCAA yeah, that, that experience was a great experience, very tough experience as well, being that uh, you have to try to make a name for yourself. You have to try to be in the right in the right situation as far as trying to make a team where a team needs you and, and guys at your position. There's a lot that plays into it other than just playing football. You know, there's times where you're going, you join a team, you're playing great football, but due to salary reasons or due to injuries on another at another position, the staff has to make a, you know, a, a decision that's best for their team. So sometimes it's not always just the players. It's just the circumstances that a player is in, the situation that a player is in. So actually going to the NFL and learning that, wow, you're dealing with 32 teams. You're dealing with, you know, uh, with, with players that are coming from all over. And you're dealing with, you're still dealing with cuts, you know, things like that. And, and trying to understand, okay, well, this team is looking for this. This team, you know, wants thought that they had this and now they don't have this position on because this guy went down, you know, because of injury. So they got to let this person go in order to bring that person in. So when you start understanding that and, and start to understand, you know, from the business aspect, you start to realize how tough it is and why some people don't make it far. And it's not because of talent-wise. It's just, you know, sometimes it's not their luck as far as how things are going with a team and organization, you know. And a GM or a coach would tell you every time, you know, man, you're a great guy. We would love to keep you. It's just that we can't do to the simple fact that the business goes on. And when you start to look at it from a business perspective, you can't put personal feelings, you know, in the mix of that. So I learned a lot about that, you know, on my during my journey going NFL, CFL. You know, I thought I'd seen it all here. But, you know, dealing with 32 teams versus nine teams, there's a lot more that's, that's involved. There's a, there's a lot more, you know, judgment. That, that's that's involved as far as coaching goes. There's a lot more guys on the market. So once I got to understand that, it made me more humble. Um, it made me more aggressive as far as how I approach my my, my daily you know work schedule. And it, it, I feel like it increased my work ethic, man, because it made me really understand that at any given time and point, my career can be over due to the fact that because of how business is set up, they may need a guy one day. You know, um, at a, on the on the other side of the ball, not even for defense, they may they may need a guy. You know, for offense, and they're paying this guy X amount of money. You know, and they can't let him go, so they got to bring in this other person. So it was just a lot. And once I understood that, like I said, it made me very hungry. It made me uh, very humble, and it made me attack my work schedule each and every day with a chip on my shoulder. Oh, well said, Alex Bazzi from the Edmonton Eskimos joining us in Inside Sports tonight. I'm curious too because I know you first joined the BC Lions back for the uh, 2014 season, and I, I often ask this to guys who who come up and play, what 
led you to, to look at the at the CFL and how much did you did you know about the league because I know some guys will say they used to watch it growing up and some guys say I didn't know where Calgary Edmonton or Winnipeg were but I came up here and, and, and took a chance uh, what was it like for you back in 2014 coming north well it was it was a very similar I didn't know much about the Canadian League at all to be quite honest I had a I had a teammate of mine um, who I became a GA, a grad assistant, and he was still working with the team even though he had graduated about a year or two before me. And after after talking with him, he, he he mentioned to me, he said, hey, you know, I know you want to play football. Every guy's dream is to go NFL, but I got a cousin that plays in, in, in Canada in the CFL, and he's actually um, he's in Toronto, and he loves it. I said, oh, really? He said, yeah, man, he... Uh, you know, he, he talks very highly of the league, and I don't want you to just feel that NFL is your only option. So you should kind of look into it and consider a backup. You know, you don't want to go in there with your head fully focused on NFL. NFL doesn't work out, and as great of a talent that you have, you cut your dreams short. So look into something that will keep you still playing what you love. So I looked a little bit more into the CFL, you know. I said, wow, okay, not a lot of teams. Oh, okay, you know, there's, there's there's some guys who 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 were once in the NFL that still play. All right, maybe I should try out for a team. So, um, long story short, I get with an agent, and after working out with a, after getting an agent and and getting set up with some workouts at a place that he wanted me to train, I ran into Sean Lemon. And Sean Lemon, you know, it's a great guy in the CFL. He told me, he said, "Hey, man, you know, with 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 your body type and your and your and your skills, you would do well with the with with the CFL league." So don't put that don't don't put that on the back burner and just only focus on NFL. Let's go do some CFL trials. You know, Calgary Stampeders at the time that's who he was playing for. He said, Hey, Calgary Stampeders are hosting a tryout over there in Richmond. Uh, let's get you signed up and, and and go. So I said, Sure. I was all about it. Went and did a a, a tryout with the Calgary Stampeders and did real well. He told me, he said, Hey, this is what you can work on now. And another tryout was going to come, which was the Edmonton Eskimos. And that popped up, I think, about a week or two later. So that popped up. And it was, I think, in Richmond as well, Richmond, Virginia. So we went to Richmond. We probably drove about an hour and a half, two hours. We did the Edmonton Eskimos workout. And I started saying, hey, man, none of these teams seem interested in me. How would I know? How would I know? You know, nobody's really talking to me. And I know I'm doing such a great job over here at these camps. It's like, it's, hey, it's not easy, man. Just like the NFL, it's not easy. But I know something good will come. You just just keep pursuing it. Just make sure you have a backup. So I said, okay. And I relaxed a little bit. I did a third trial with the BC Lions. And at that time, I started to understand a little bit more about the yard off. So I, had a, I was a little bit more comfortable my third tryout with a CFL team than from when I first started and so on. So I did a tryout with, with the BC Lions right in Maryland in my home state probably about 35 minutes up the road at a school called Bishop McNamara where the defensive coordinator, uh, Mark Washington, actually, I think, had went to school at or coached there at a couple point, but he had some relations with the, with the high school Bishop McNamara. So went there, and, and I put on a show, and I, it was enough to impress Wally and the, and the, and the recruiting staff to offer me um, a contract right there on the spot. So I told Wally, I said, hey, coach, I would love to play, you know, for your team. I appreciate it. I'm very honored to know that you have reached out. Uh, but as the NFL draft is approaching within the next week, let's just see what happens. And if a team is to pick me up, hold on just a second. And if a team is to pick me up and, you know, 
and I happen to go up north, whatever happens, I will still honor you guys. So they put me on their nag list. Things did not work out with the Cleveland Browns after having to go to mini camp with them in 2014. Came right on over to Beast Lines. I didn't waste no time. I had my agent reached out to say, hey, do you guys still have that offer on the table? Once they said yes, I flew right on over, and all I wanted to do was play football, man. And I was just happy and blessed that they had given me the opportunity to do that. And five years later, I'm still in this league, and I'm enjoying myself. Well, I can tell you're enjoying yourself, Alex. And talk about keeping your options open. Uh, I got to tell you, you, you should keep a, a career in radio on the table whenever you're done playing, man. You can tell a story. That's <laughs> you're, you're doing all the work. This is great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're, you're making it. You're making it so comfortable for me. I feel like I'm just talking to a buddy right now, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Well, I got one more for you. I've asked you to go back a little bit. I'm going to ask you to go, go way back because I, I was reading about you. Weren't you born in Liberia in, in West Africa? When did you when did you come to the United States? What's the story there? Oh, okay. So, yeah, I was born in Liberia, West Africa. I was born there, uh, the capital Monrovia. And I came to America when I was five going on six. So about 1996 early, I want to say maybe around... Around that winter season, I want to say we came, either that or around spring. But it was between winter and spring. And um, my family and I, we came to Maryland, which my dad had already been about a year or two before us in order to get settled to bring us over. Um, I was born during the Civil War, so that was our reason of um, coming over to the United States, just to have a better lifestyle and a better living, um, you know, for, for, for me and my siblings. So my father came over about a year before us, a year and a half, two years and he got settled, got us an apartment, and we, we we came over. It was me, my mom, my two sisters, actually. So it was us four. At the time, I was the only boy. Now it's me and my little brother. So I'm glad I got a brother instead of, you know, being in a family with all girls. But so it was definitely us four. We all came on over by night in 96, like I said, about winter, spring season. And it was different for me, for sure, man. It was very different. I, I couldn't even remember the trip coming over. I was I was sleeping most of it. I couldn't even remember. But once I got over here, it was very different. The culture was different. Everything was different. It was a bit fast-paced. But as I, as I, as I caught on and got things rolling, it was probably um, around eight years old. Then I started playing football. So I started playing soccer before football. That was my first sport. But around eight years old, that's when I got introduced to football. And, you know, I was still learning as I, as I went year by year. But once, once my football career start, started, I knew that's what I wanted to do. And like I said, man, being here now at 27 years old in 2018, I'm just blessed that I'm still able to play this game. Alex, this was great. Thank you so much for letting Eskimos fans get to know you a little bit more. I can tell you're you're eager to get back on the field on Friday and, and wipe off last Friday's game to Hamilton. Oh, Thank you so much for your time. I hope we can do this again. Oh, man, thank you for having me. And I definitely, definitely look forward to uh, having you um, on the phone again, and maybe in person. Yeah, appreciate it. Alex Bazzi checking in tonight from the Eskimos defensive line. Man, great interview. Incredible story about coming to the United States from Liberia in West Africa. News and then Odell. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.